Hello, I'm T.S. Wright, and welcome to The God-Centered Concept. Episode 9, The God-Centered Process, Part 5. So, we've talked about repentance. We've talked about, really, conviction and discipline and being earnest, which we really said is really where the rubber meets the road because it'll lead to repentance. But... To say that it stops there would be to say that hey we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna put we're gonna take these biscuits and eat them without actually putting them in the oven and cooking them. So that just that's not where it works. You know we've got to we've got to finish the process and in finishing that process is now we got to put the biscuits in the oven and we want to taste that bread when it's finished. We do. We want to taste the goodness of God. And so, you know, just going through discipline all the time and, and, and training like that is not, it's, it's not what just all of what there is. It leads to the goodness of God and tasting the goodness of God. And we want to be able to do that. So let's go to this next part in the process and start working towards that finished product where those biscuits are buttered and they got the jelly on them and, or we, we got them cooked and we're going to pour the gravy on them. You know, Hey, we're going to, we're going to enjoy this. So, Hey, I'm kind of giving away the fact that I'm from the South here. Uh, I like my biscuits and gravy and, uh, it's fun. And, and just as we used to say, it's just good eating. So, um, so let's dive in here. So we've, we've went through this whole process and that we just described. And now we need to move on to the next verse. So revelation chapter three, verse 20, which is a verse that is used a lot as a standalone verse. And in some ways it works that way, but, but really we need to understand all parts of this process before, before we get to this, because if we put this first, or we just have this standalone, we're putting the car before the horse here. So let's, let's dive in here. Verse 20, Revelation chapter three, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and, and dine with him and he with me. Wow. I mean, you, you think, okay, so here he is knocking and knocking and you hear his voice and now you open the door and you guys come in and share a meal together. Hey, you get to eat that biscuits and gravy, right? So here's the deal. Here's the deal. He's always standing at the door knocking of every person that's alive. He is, but can they hear his voice? Well, if we haven't gone through true repentance, then we can't hear him. We have to truly repent to be able to sense his presence. Repentance is what draws to the, to his presence. I mean, if you dial this back to the, the way the temple or the tabernacle, whichever one you want to refer to back in the old Testament days of, the Israelites that God basically described to Moses and what he was supposed to do to set all this stuff up. And they set up the tabernacle, the whole process of getting to the day of atonement. And then the actual day of atonement was to restore Israel each year back to God so that they would repent of their sin. And this is a process of repentance that they would walk through so that they could sense God's presence again. And they would be in, in that presence of his, what they called the Shekinah presence, which if you 
study that with the the mercy seat and the Ark of the Covenant and all of what how that's shaped and what the representation of all that is and God's light shining and sitting on that. Okay, as the chief priest is sprinkling the the blood up there on on the uh, on the Ark of the Covenant and and all these things. Okay, during the Day of Atonement, that is to restore Israel back to where they can sense God's presence and and then walk with Him. Okay, and they and it restores them back to their favored position with God. Okay, that's that's ultimately what that is set up to do. That's it's a representation of that, and it keeps them focused on God and always coming before Him and humbling themselves before Him. So that's the same thing here. I mean, that's really for us. That's where the process of repentance comes from. It it was established there, but now instead of us doing it in a very symbolic, or excuse me, doing this in a very structured way with with a tower, a physical tabernacle, well, now we have Jesus who has become that chief priest, so to speak. And you can read the book of Hebrews and it has a, a full description of that in there. And we will eventually get to all that, by the way. We're gonna all these things I'm describing to you, we're gonna break those down in future episodes. But this is important right here because this is is now that we've hit where the rubber meets the road and now we've had that call of action, okay, and now we've repented, now we're getting to the point where we get to taste the goodness of God because we want to have dinner with him. And really what dining with him means is being in fellowship with him, being in that open relationship with him. So behold, I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice. So we now have the clarity. And so we're really diving into spiritual ears. Okay. We have spiritual eyes and we have, our heart has spiritual eyes and has spiritual ears. And so, and there's a lot of references in the Bible to that and to the word of God. There are several of them. You can read Isaiah 6, 10, Matthew 13, 15, John 12, 40 and Acts 28, 27, just to name a few. All right. But it, it seems our heart has a sense to it. It has spiritual eyes and ears. And, and I will just tell you, people naturally see easier than they naturally hear. I mean, that's just true. Because, you know, to really listen to somebody, to really listen, we have to really focus our mind, don't we? But to see something, something just flashed before our eyes and we see it. And it's just an automatic process. So vision is just easier than hearing. So once we have done the first two parts, embrace truth and put on that cloak of purity and holiness of God and walk in that, we start seeing God. When we start kind of sensing who he is, all right, and we can kind of, we can see it. We can see his will and we can see pieces of God and we can see how that, that is there. But to truly answer and receive, excuse me, receive and be able to respond to his calling, we got to hear his voice. And we can't sense that if we have not went through the full process of repentance. We just can't because that blocks our fellowship with God. You see, seeing God and walking in a pure heart is about the relationship. Okay, it's the establishment of the relationship. But to walk in fellowship with him, we have to repent. We have to not only confess, but we have to, it's not just the conviction, but we have to also respond to the discipline. That means not just confessing what went wrong, but now responding to go in the direction that he's leading us. 
all right, with the discipline part. And, and as we do that, we will hear his voice more and more and, and, and really establish the fellowship because this verse, verse chapter 3, verse 20 of Revelation, is really about our fellowship, and it follows repentance. Repentance is the key. So as anytime you're working with somebody and you're, you're in that discipleship phase where we're discipling people, we need to start here. We got we to gotta start with this process. Okay, and, and there's different ways to describe it, but this is definitely a, a unique way or not a unique way, but a, a, a really easy way to do it because you can walk them literally through this verses 14 through 22 of Revelation chapter three and teach them everything they need to know as far as the foundational process of connecting to God. You can. It's all right here. Jesus lays it out for us. He, he, he removes any barriers, any confusion. This is not a parable. For us to try to figure out this is clarity and he is being very clear with this church and this church is deceived okay the church of laodicea it is you know we talk about lukewarmness but really what lukewarmness is it's just a symptom of the fact that it's deceived okay it's not walking in the truth so jesus is completely laying it out here he's completely laying out the process of walking in fellowship with him. Okay. So let's keep going here. So we repented. Our minds are transformed. Now, all of a sudden, okay, we're hearing this knocking. We sense the Lord's presence in a unique way. And this is all about fellowship and then being able to feel and sense, I guess, sense or hear your calling from God. All right when we have removed all the other barriers and repentance does that. That's another part of repentance. I didn't mention the last episode. It removes these other attachments, these barriers. Okay. And it restores that fellowship to God. And now we have that fellowship. Now we can hear his voice and all this stuff. And this, this depiction of a meal is all about fellowship. Okay. It's about being in fellowship with God. All right. Or through Jesus. All right. And getting to reach God through Jesus Christ. All right. You know, Jesus calls himself the bread of life. He calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. Well, you know, it's not, if you think about that, that entails all kinds of things. And part of it is, is the way to get to God, the truth that he is the only one that you can have true eternal connection with and through, and then the life that you can live it out, okay, on a daily basis, you know, really on a moment by moment basis. So we need to, we need to get it. We need to understand that. And that really ties in to this verse right here. So we're hearing his voice. We're understanding now what he wants us to do. And we're having fellowship with him and he's, he can, he can restore us. Okay. Part of that fellowship is he gets to restore us. You know, we're, we're at the feet of the master here and he has all the tools, you know, think about it. He doesn't just have the answers. He has the tools to give to you and to restore you back into that per, that perfect presence of God and also restore you to do his will and to be that ambassador that he's calling you to be. See, we're all called to be ambassadors to Christ and in whatever that role is that, that he wants to lead you in, he can't do that unless you are in a state of full repentance. Okay. We have to fully repent. We can't let sin linger here. And, and we have, and to do that, to understand that, to understand what needs to be repented, we have to, again, be open to his rebuke, which is a conviction, and then his discipline. Okay. So that's important. Now, as we 
as we get to hear his voice and understand what he wants to do, it's just like a family sitting down to eat. And we are getting to sit down and eat with our King and our Savior. It's the greatest privilege that we get on here on earth is to be able to do this. And the fact that he wants to do this with us, he doesn't just do it because he has to. He does it because he wants to. That's amazing. I mean, he he wants to be with us so much that he's willing to leave the 99 and go chase after the lost sheep. He'll chase after the one lost, one lost person and leave the 99 and then come back to them and fellowship with them too. I mean, Jesus is capable of doing this, okay? He wants to do this. He wants that fellowship with us. And there is nothing else that's greater than this meal that we get to eat with him. And during this meal, he gets to teach us everything we need to know. And we get to do this again and again. It's a constant thing that we get to do. And there's nothing like it. There truly isn't. We are being fed eternal food from Jesus. And it is readily available to us by being in his presence. You know, if you think about it, in the temple, there was the table of showbread. That was for them to eat. It was a representation of the 12 tribes of Israel because of the loaves of bread. and then, But also, that bread was basic to life. And that's what would sustain them while they were in there in the temple. Because they were basically fasting other than eating a little bit of bread where they needed to just to keep their strength. But that bread was there for that. It was there for, the, for those uh, priests while they were in there offering up the prayer of incense okay, and praying to God. You know, and they had the light of the, the golden lampstand. But that's really what this was. Well, guess what? We have, a, we have Jesus who embodies all those things and can be all those things for us. And yet it's not a temporary one that's going to be snuffed out after, you know, we have a day of atonement and sins are forgiven. It's going to keep going on. It's eternal. And we can have it all the time. But we have to be, again, we have to, we have to submit to the Lord. We have to submit to his conviction. We have to submit to his discipline and choose to walk with him and then respond to that voice. And he keeps giving that to us. He'll just keep feeding us and building us. You know, I keep saying we practice God. Well, guess what? This helps to really establish that sense of God and that joy of the Lord that we get from the presence of the Holy Spirit. We really get the presence of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit by doing that. And we get to commune with him. Okay. We do that through his word. We do that through prayer. And we do that through just being still and just letting Jesus be Jesus. You know, can we just say this? Can we just let God be God and let Jesus be Jesus and let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit and not us try to strong arm it, maneuver it, manipulate it, have our own personal intentions, even though we want this, but we silly kind of want that, but we don't want to state it because we kind of want God to fulfill it. Can we just give that up to him? Can we just surrender our intentions, our expectations, our needs, our wants, and just throw it in his lap and say, you know what, whatever, Lord, you just do with what you want with it. Can we do that? Can we just agree that we need to do that? Because honestly, these attachments, going all the way back to episode three, the, the attachment principle is what keeps us, all right, from having this strong fellowship with Jesus. When we give that up, he will fulfill us. He'll fill that up. He'll fill our tanks. He'll he'll give us what we need. He'll be that living water that we will never have to thirst again. He'll be that living bread where we will never hunger again. I mean, Moses, the presence of God is so powerful that Moses on the mountain, when he was receiving the Ten Commandments, and you read this in the book of Exodus, it's you can read it in the book of Deuteronomy. Okay. He's sitting there and he fasts in the presence of God. He does not eat or drink anything for 40 days. And yet he's fine. He has perfect strength. That's because that's the power of God. You don't need water and food when you're in the presence of God. God will just fill you. He's got you. 
He's taking care of you. That's the power of God. He has that spiritual manna that you need. That's what we can call that. He has that living water that you absolutely need. And there's nothing like this. We want to be fed by him. And this dining experience is all about receiving that constantly. And we can have that when we just surrender everything to the Lord. Okay? It's about making him king. He is king. And he wants to give us everything. So let's just uh, let's keep going on here. We are being fed eternal food from Jesus and being in the presence of our king and Lord. We rejoice in his presence just as Paul and David did. David he talks about this all the time. He talks about just the presence of God and the greatness of God and all these things. And you can read throughout the Psalms. You can read all the, the things that David did. And he was always that God always said he was a man after my own heart. That's what God would say about him. And Paul, I mean, his descriptions throughout the scriptures are just, to me, they're just amazing. Okay. About the presence of God. Philippians 3 talks about it. You know, he talks about that again, about the fact that I consider all these things basically garbage and a loss compared to the greatness of knowing Jesus Christ our Lord. He's just saying the greatness of Jesus Christ and knowing him, there's nothing like it. There's absolutely nothing in the world that can replace that. You can have all the money in the world, all the things in the world, and it will never satisfy like the complete, the completeness of knowing and, and being in the presence of Jesus Christ. There's nothing like it. You cannot replace that. There's nothing that can. Everything else is just simply a counterfeit comfort. It's counterfeit because it's 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 a trick, but it really doesn't work because it doesn't last. It's temporary and it fulfills temporarily, but it eventually goes away and you got to have it again, right? Exactly. So why would do we want to pursue these counterfeit comforts when we can eat the eternal bread of life that comes from our only king, Jesus Christ, who reigns forever? I mean, ponder that for a minute. We get to eat the bread of life. We get to dine with him. He wants to have that fellowship with us. He wants to spend that time with us. We're, he's not the one that prevents that from happening, by the way. It is our self-centeredness. It is, it is our pursuit of the counterfeit that really separates us from his presence. When we pursue him, and not worry about these other things in life, he'll take care of it. See, I, I can say this right now, and this is kind of an example of this. There were times in my life where I felt like I had to witness to people. Let me say that again. I felt like I had to because I was trying to earn God's approval. But that doesn't work. It never does. What I needed to do was to work on my connection to Christ by walking with him and dining with him and just being surrendered to him and then he will lead me to who he wants me to witness to. I would have never been doing this podcast. I never would. I'd have never done any of this if I didn't surrender to him. I had to surrender to him. I had to surrender my will, my ways, every piece of me to be able, for him to be able to do this. And, and that doesn't make me some great guy. Okay. I'm just as off and have just as many nuances and issues as anybody else. Okay. I'm not. I am definitely not perfect. I am in no way perfect and I'm not going to claim to be perfect. So just because I'm speaking on this end and being able to talk with this with such confidence doesn't make me perfect. What it does, it makes my savior perfect in me. 
Let me say that again. Jesus can be perfect in me. Exactly. Because all I, I have to do is surrender. It's not about what I do. It's about me surrendering to him. And then what he can do through me is me just surrendering and being that open vessel for him. Well, it's the same for everybody else. We're all that way. Okay. It's, it's that way for all of us. And so to, to just give you an understanding, God started leading me in this in 2003. 2003. That is 20 years ago. That's a, that's a while back. Started giving me a vision about it, but look how long it took him to get me ready. It took him 20 years to get me ready. I accepted Christ in 92, April 9th, 1992. And then 2003, in the spring of 2003, I, I re started receiving kind of an impression and a vision of this. In 2016, he had me start writing this stuff out. And here I am seven years later, 20 years later, literally 31 years later. You see what I'm saying? It took him a while. And there were things he needed to work out on me. That's just part of that process. Well, we all have that, you know. And, and whatever, the timetable is different for everybody. There's no one size fits all, okay. And we all have different purposes. And we all have different roles to play. But Jesus still wants to have that same fellowship with every human being on the face of the earth. He wants all of us in his kingdom. He wants every person being one to Christ, being built up in the faith with him and the connection with him, and then being sent out as he calls us to be sent out. We're not all called to the same thing, and we have to remember that. Okay? So, but this fellowship part is such a big thing. And my challenge to you this week is to spend time in fellowship with the Lord. Just spend time in fellowship. Just thank him for what he's done for you. Be, be open to his conviction. Be open to his discipline. But look forward to enjoying his presence. Don't just think once I've done that and I've straightened my way and kind of received my training here and that that's it. Respond and then just enjoy being in his presence. Just be still. Clear everything else out. You don't need everything else. Just let go of your attachment. Let go of your needs. You know, even Jesus, he just disappear. I mean, he'd be ministering to people and he'd just disappear. And he'd go and pray by himself. He just spent time with the Father. He knew he needed that. Even if, let me say this, if Jesus needed that, <laughs> part of probably why he's describing this process, if he needed that, then we definitely need it because he was perfect. Okay. He was perfect. We aren't. So we needed it more than him. And I think sometimes he did that just to show us as an example that sometimes we just need to retreat and spend time with him. I think he was being an example of that, not just what he taught, but also, but what he did. And just sometimes by what he just stopped doing, he just, he would just disappear. He could have kept ministering, but he didn't. Sometimes he just disappeared and he knew he needed that time with God, but he knew he also had to show us how bad we needed it. And he did that in so many ways. And this is one of the ways he did that. So think about that time. Think about your, how are you spending that time? Are you, are you spending all your time pursuing counterfeit comforts or are you spending adequate time with the Lord? And just being still and knowing that he's God. You know, can we turn off the television? Can we put aside some of the stuff that encompasses our thinking and our, our focus and just spend time with the Lord? That is my challenge to you this week. Until next time, go forth in total surrender to the one who owns and reigns over all creation.